This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Cubby House is a show about two cub-identifying guys exploring the big and hairy issues in and around the bear community. This program is designed for a mature audience. It may contain adult themes, sex and drug references, and of course, coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to the Cubby House on the 29th of April. You're with Cookie. And Kevin. And thank you very much to the guys in the locker room. They'll be back at you next week. And for this week, I don't have a cold. You can't hear it. That's why I'm back, baby. Thank you very much to (laughs) Dean and Kevin who picked up last week's show when I kind of dropped them on it a couple of hours before the show was due to go on air. (laughs) Yes, well, we managed to survive. Indeed. Now, for tonight, it's going to be a bit of a light and fluffy episode for you tonight. I just hate when you say fluffy and we deal with things like King Corner and... (laughs) No. (laughs) That's it, just no? Get that thought out of your head. There's so many places you could go with it. Yeah, hi Nick, we had the mic off, we'll introduce you later. You'll be back later, thank you. Uh, no, well, we are talking Kink Corner, but Nick's actually going to be running Kink Corner for this week, so that's why I'm saying no. Okay. It's not, it's not my Kink Corner tonight. We shall find out. So what is he actually doing in Kink Corner this week? Uh, going through some sometimes misinterpreted labels. Or commonly used labels? Commonly used labels. Maybe not what you think they are. So mm. just uh, have a listen for that one. Um, Interesting. I had a look through Gizmodo. There's a few funny things that have come through this week, which I thought I'd point out. <laughs> Excellent. Name, and then you'll Namely, also- hacking of a bell tower. <laughs> yes, you'll cover yes. that later. Yes, I will. Uh, and you'll also be covering how effective nudity is to one's self-esteem. Yeah, I was having a bit of a chat with somebody so uh, about nudity and self-esteem. and Decided uh, to drag that conversation on air? Why not? Because, you know, considering there's been a recent thing in the last couple of months at San Francisco, which has been well known for being one of the cities you can be nude in, finally had a ban law come into effect so i'm interested to see what you come up with that we shall we shall now for you kevin who's decided not to do a lot of (laughs) research for this week i have unfortunately had some very bad news this week myself my kitten is very unwell um and we've had to take him to the vet a few times um so i've had to spend most of today making sure that he was okay um but tonight i actually thought um as a self-proclaimed giant anime geek i'm going to take the opportunity to celebrate the music um from a few of my favorite anime films or sort of series right um and please listeners if you're listening in feel free to message in and let us know if you know what series it's from before the song ends i'll let you know at the end of each song indeed now we've also got another thing which we're going to ask your questions for our regular discussion topic regular discussions now now, (laughs) nick and kevin actually uh have a little bit of a tendency every uh 
time of the month. It's no, they don't have a period. Oh, charming. They don't charming. have a period. They don't go sparkly. They don't grow. Okay, they might grow werewolf teeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our discussion topic for tonight, because I'm going to put Cookie out of his misery, Clearly. is they don't call it lunacy for nothing. How does the full moon affect you? Now, we have to thank somebody for this particular question tonight. It's one of our regular listeners, Michael, who's mm-hmm. actually my partner, so he doesn't get a choice. He has to listen to us. Uh-huh. But this is how you can actually send in your messages. Want to have your say on The Cubbyhouse Project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash The Cubbyhouse. The Cubbyhouse Project on Joy 94.9. And that was When Can I See You Again from Owl City, which is from the movie Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, really? Great movie. Have you seen it yet? No, I've ah. been meaning to. <laughs> I admittedly see a lot of uh, Barra porn. Oh, no, that, no, but... not even in the same field. It is a really good movie. <laughs> That's a rather mainstream song for you, though, isn't it, Kevin? I do mainstream. Really? Really? Yeah, I'm not, you know, a hipster or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with being a hipster. Uh-huh. Right. Well, considering uh, I've been watching uh, The Last Avatar this week, catching up on the, the latest series, The Legend of Korra. Oh, you're ahead of me. I haven't even watched that yet. Yeah, I went and uh, acquired it uh, last weekend. And, and it's good? I quite enjoyed it. It's... Uh, uh, for the sh- series, it doesn't work on so much the bending, but an actual storyline and bending is kind of like secondary. Oh, storyline is amazing. So, and let's face it, anything's going to be better than the movie. Uh-huh. So, having said that, I thought tonight's quiz will be inspired by elemental answers. <laughs> this could be interesting. This could be very interesting. Indeed. So, uh, all your answers will have an element in them. And they're all titles of movies. So, again, I'll make it a little bit easier for you. The catch is it won't be the elements that associated with the airbending or the um, the last airbender series, which are considered Japanese historical elements. I'm also going to give you alchemic elements as well. So, metals. Mm-hmm. are included in this as well. And you're looking at me, he's like, right, what have I got in store here on the Covey House? Bring it on. Right. Nick, are you yep. ready? I'm ready. Excellent, I'm Kevin. I'm ready. Uh, your first question is, uh, Marvel Comics movie trilogy featuring Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Kevin, you won that one. Uh, Scarlett O'Hara was blown away in this movie. Gone with the Wind. Nick, you got that one. (laughs) Drew Barrymore played as a talented yet troubled girl in this Stephen King classic. Later, Kevin, you got it before. Uh, Adam Sandler played as an assistant college football team. The water boy. (laughs) Nick, you got it just before. (laughs) Uh, A Jules Verne tale about a professor and assorted colleagues adventure down an extinct Icelandic volcano. Journey to the the center of the earth. earth. (laughs) <laughs> that was a tie that was a tie uh, James Bond we should probably do this a bit slower for people listening on the air that was journey to the centre I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off and say either um, um, golden eye hey, hey, hey just hang on, no, no, Come on. No. Kevin hadn't even heard the question he was saying something so a James Bond classic where everything that touches turns to what you can have it. Go. Goldfinger. Nick, yes. 
That it was Goldfinger. Now, Lawrence Fishburne voices this semi-villain in the screen sequel to an altered group of astronauts. Rise of the Silver Surfer, the Fantastic Four. Correct, Nick. Uh, another way to describe the temperature going up. Mercury rising. Nick, you got that one, yes. Oh, I'm so good. <laughs> and finally, uh, Virgil, Scott, and Alan and the team blast off into various missions with the catchphrase, blank, Argo. Thunderbirds, Argo. Kevin, you did get that one, but unfortunately, beating you by two points, Nick won this quiz. Well done. Yay! Thank you for playing well the Cubby House quiz for this week. That you- was so much better than the last quiz I did. <laughs> <laughs> I actually knew the answers to this one. I thought I'd make it easier for you guys this week, considering uh, I only came up with that concept five minutes night. ago. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> You're in the Cubby House here on Joy 94.9. Now, I have to point out, there was one element I did forget. Now, Nick, can you please remind me of which one it was? Lilo Dallas Multipass. Which was from the the fifth fifth element. element. Thank you very much. Be careful what you're wearing. You never know what you're asking for here on the Kink Corner. Nick, I might pass this one over to you, because unlike myself... You're actually a little bit more experienced in some things in the kink realm, aren't you? I know, it's a little bit scary, isn't just it? Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> just a few. You're terrible. Uh, I am, Muriel. Okay, carry on. Damn you. Um, all right, today I'm just going to go through a very basic uh, list of some classification labels within the GLBTI community. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which are commonplace and a lot of people will know what they are. Others create a little bit of confusion. Like they're ones that I've come across that I've, you know, periodically had to explain to people. Um, please keep in mind that we're dealing with stereotypes here. So just because, you know, I may say something about a particular term doesn't mean that that's the exact definition or anything like that. A label only applies to you if you choose to identify with it. And a lot of labels can mean different things for different people. Just because yeah, exactly. I identify as something doesn't mean that that's the definition of that topic. No, but no, definitely not. All right, so we'll start with just some real basic ones. Um, you know, top and power top. Um, the active or penetrating partner in an activity, it can also extend beyond sexual activity as in a power, uh, sorry, as in a BDSM setting where let's say you've got a person flogging and a person being flogged. The person holding the flogger and doing the flogging would be the top and the person who is being flogged would be the bottom. What is this top thing you speak of? It's kind of a mythical beast in Melbourne, isn't it? It's like the unicorn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Continue. All right. Um, and a power top it would be used to refer to somebody who never bottoms. So exclusively top. Exclusively oh, top. Okay. Um, I, th- I think I've broken a few of those in my time. I wouldn't oh. be surprised. Wouldn't be the only thing you've broken in your time, Cookie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> carry on, carry on. Oh, I've just broken Cookie. <laughs> Me likey. All right, now moving on to bottoms uh, or power bottoms. The passive or receiving partner in an activity, usually referred to as the bottom, or a power bottom is somebody who never tops. Um, now, I'm moving on to just a couple of other ones that cause quite a lot of confusion, which I'll try and clarify, um, which is a couple of the transgender um, mm-hmm. ones, such as uh, female to male or FTM, um, typically referring to a person who's born into a female body, but 
um, personally and intellectually they identify as being male. Um, so it's appropriate to refer to them by their name as they give it to you and with the appropriate pronouns for how they identify themselves to you. Um, the reverse of that, a male to female, is where someone is born into a male body but they personalise and identify with being female. So it would be appropriate to use their female name and the female pronouns. Now, and a lot of the times you can't actually go wrong by asking I've asked the no. question, like when I tend to chat, I tend to put Mr. on the end of everything. Mm. Um, and I've had transgender friends that I talk to and I just full out ask them, are you comfortable with me using this or do you not want me to use a pronoun or, you know, how do you feel? And no. a lot of them are really thankful that I actually do ask. Clarification is actually a really healthy thing to do. Just if you're not sure, you can ask them, sorry, would you prefer, you know, which, how would you like to be addressed? Um, clarification is fine. But when you start probing a person um, and being invasive about, you know, why they're doing that sort of thing, it can be very confronting and can be quite alienating for the person. So it's best to avoid doing that kind of thing. There's another group of people who also have that similar identification, and that's drag uh, performers. Yes. So I, f I find it when they're in their day-to-day um, Attire, you refer to them as their current gender, but mm. you actually refer to them as the gender they are perceiving to be on stage. Yes, and just quickly before I move on, um, a general pronoun rule. If someone, uh, be they male or female, uh, gives you a pronoun that they prefer to be referred to as, use the pronoun. Um, all right, just a couple of quick other ones, within which typically get used within the gay world. Uh, twinks are usually a young gay male between the ages of 18 and 25, with a little or no body hair, gen and generally they are sort of the very... Thin, thinner to athletic. Yes, thinner to, thinner to athletic. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, bears are usually larger males who are hairy and can range from muscle daddies right through to full-on man mountains. Um, generally a little older and are typically friendly and quite approachable. Don't forget the cubs. I'm getting the... Have, have you read my page? Okay, no, I'm reading the page. <laughs> Thank you. Get out of my kink corner and back in your box. Um, uh, cubs uh, can be referred to as bears in the making. They can be a bit husky, but are usually younger and smaller and less hairy than their bear counterparts. All right, continue. I'm not, I'm not going to bother. Just carry on. <laughs> um, otters is another but less common one. Um, essentially, an otter is a slim, hairy guy. You know, um, they can be a bit stocky, but yeah. And chasers are people who uh, actively pursue people of a heavier body type. And this term isn't exclusive to the gay world. It can refer to anybody. So chasing of any sort. Yes. Now, given the page you've got, it looks like you've got a hell of a lot more. So I think we're going to come back to you on another show. That's fine. With some more definitions here on the King Corner. You're with The Cubby House on Joy 94.9, and Kevin, I believe you've got another track of your anime delving <laughs> into here. We do. See if you can spot what this one is, message in if you know. Or, if you want, you can also message in about our discussion topic for tonight, which is, they don't call it lunacy for nothing, how does the full moon affect you? Now, you can get hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Cubby House, on Twitter at The Cubby House with the hashtag CHProject. <laughs> 
You're on the Covey House show. Um, the Covey House podcast. Uh, project. project. I'm going to get it right eventually, aren't I? At least we're on Joy 94.9, which I've got right. Exactly. And that was Rolling Star by Yui. And for those that don't know, that was from a manga called Bleach. Now, Bleach follows the adventures of Ichigo Kurosaki after he obtains the powers of a soul reaper, or Shinigami, depending on whether you, you watch the subtitled or English dubbed episodes, uh, from another soul reaper, Rukia Kuchiki. Now, a soul reaper is a death personification, sort of similar to the Grim Reaper. And with his newfound powers, he uh, has to now take on the duties of defending humans from evil spirits called hollows and guiding departed souls to the afterlife. It's one of my favourite animes ever. Uh, I'm assuming hollows is kind of like ghosts that haven't passed on sort of thing. Something like that. Hollows, bad ghosts. Yes. Think of it like that. Okay. Mm. Now you're in the coming house on Joy 94.9. The Human Rights Arts and Film Festival is back. See world-class film premieres, visual art collaborations and guest speakers across the country throughout May and June. Join Harif on opening night for a premiere film and after-party celebration. Human rights on screen are not what you would expect. Be surprised, inspired and delighted this May. Check out the program at hraff.org.au. Joy 94.9 is a proud media partner of Haraf 2013. Would you turn your car in front of a herd of stampeding rhinos? Me neither. Well, a tram weighs as much as 30 rhinos. That takes a lot of stopping and can do a lot of damage. Even if the tram breaks in time, an emergency stop can seriously injure tram passengers. So always check for trams before turning. Look, listen, be alert around trams. A safety message from Public Transport Victoria and Yarra Trams. Joy Sponsor. Exploring the world, keeping you jacked in and turned on. That's right, get your geek on. And here in the Cubby House this week, I thought I'd delve into some items I found on Gizmodo. First of all, according to a study, your like on a brand on Facebook is worth about, in US dollars, $174.17 to that brand. One click is worth that amount of money. One click is worth that amount, and this is why. Uh, Synapsis, which is a social intelligence company, conducted a study with more than 2,000 Facebook users who liked the brand and considered a Facebook user's products, spending, loyalty, recommendations, brand affinity, and more to come up with that number. It turns out Facebook fans spent more money on that brand they like $116 a year more than non-fans, even if their income was equal. Now, in addition, those who liked the brands were 18% more satisfied with the brand and 11% more likely to continue buying the brand. So just keep that in mind when you're snooping around Facebook and uh, what you might decide to click on. It Interesting. could cost somebody a lot of money. Or it could be worth money to someone. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Now, it's Certainly for targeted advertising anyway. Well, exactly. And the way the internet's starting to become a lot more uh, specific. Now, second item on the list is uh, some hunchbacks in Sydney University <laughs> went about hacking a bell tower, which is great. Because what did they play? The theme to Game of Thrones. Now, we're going to link that later up on Facebook, uh, under our uh, page. So if you'd like to actually listen to, on the Gizmodo site, what the actual soundtrack sounds like, and a video that was actually recorded on Friday of what it actually ended up sounding like, <laughs> you can check that out. 
And third item on the list, it seems our most hated public interest organisation has had a lesson lesson dished out to them on online management. Yes, the group, the Australian Christian Lobby. The domain, australianchristianlobby.org, which used to link to its main domain, acl.org.au. But it won't be linking there anymore because it's now been taken by the Australian Cat Ladies. Meow. Yes, the ladies are pretty pleased with themselves, saying that they have took the slight change in com- uh, conversation from religious bigotry to conversations about cats, which we're all for. And the Australian cats are now ladies are now taking expressions of interest for membership. And when they said in a statement about the founding of the group, it was meow, 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 meow. <laughs> Thank you very much. And that was Gizmodo and the Geek Out for this week. What? What? Stop looking at me like that. I'm waiting for you to play the next track. Like that? You're enjoying 94.9. Putting you through now, sir. (laughs) Nice try. Now, we do have a question for you tonight. Uh, They don't call it lunacy for nothing. How does the full moon affect you? And here's how you can contact us. Want to have your say on the Cubbyhouse project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash thecubbyhouse. The Cubbyhouse project on Joy 94.9. You're on Joy 94.9 with the Cabbie House Boys. Yes, got it right. Now, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is set in a fictional universe in which alchemy is one of the most advanced scientific techniques. The story follows the brothers Edward and Alphonse Elric, who are searching for a philosopher's stone to restore their bodies after a disastrous failed attempt to bring their mother back to life through alchemy, which is very much against the rules of alchemy. Unlike the first anime, which had an original story, the second series closely follows the story that was originally set out in the manga. Now, it should also be noted that both the manga and the 2009 anime are noted for heavy violence. Thank you very much. We've got one more coming up. One more, yes. And another track all here on the Cubby House. Uh, for the next 20 minutes. Now, I wanted to bring up something because I was talking about it with somebody earlier in the week. Um, first of all, I'm going to try tying three concepts. <laughs> see, if you can, see if you can follow. The first one is San Francisco. They banned uh, public They banned public nudity. They actually installed a law rather than um, changed one because there was never really a law that passed in San Francisco until recently. And while it hasn't been much success in overthrowing the law, it did get me thinking what are the benefits that are now being missed from removing the feeling of anything goes on the streets. And that's, I'm talking specifically in relationship to the clothing or lack thereof. Now, the activists who challenged the measure in court also had argued that the ordinance was unfair because it granted exceptions for public nudity at permitted of public events such as the city gay pride parade and the annual beta breakers foot race now i'm also assuming uh Folsom street fair and the like is also covered under this exception now i bring all this up because being a somewhat fellow nudist i look at nudity in, in such a way that if you do it and you do it on a regular basis it can help bring your own self-esteem and your particularly your body image into a positive alignment so i mean this is personal experience you've learned this from your own nudity yes yes well being nude around other people um and realizing if there wasn't a huge shame and the associated negative feelings you have around 
potentially being nude in front of people. Are you including, say, underwear nights in these kind of things? Uh, yes and no. Underwear is definitely a step in that direction, um, particularly the underbear nights because of the, the various body shapes and sizes. and Cubs know. and bears and otters. And- yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. So that's definitely a step in that direction. Um, nudity then goes to the, the kind of like the next step. Um and I did hear somewhere along the line that uh, the children of a family who are clothing optional and, and naturalist positive um, end up growing up in an environment where the shame and the, the negative self-feeling of uh, looking in the mirror at yourself um, actually aren't as prevalent as they are in uh, other families that aren't as nude as positive. So I was wondering how how those two things are related. You're taking away a culture where um, you're free to walk down the street in the nude. Is that not taking a step back and in creating a more destructive view on nudity in saying that it is wrong and bad and your body shouldn't be celebrated? Uh, no, I think there's a very different concept. It's... Like uh, friends of mine that are parents had issues with step-parents coming in on the situation. And they were with relatively young children. And there was a case where she was giving her a bath and drying her off and made some comment, which is just off the cuff, saying, you know, um, blah, 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 let me dry your, your rude bits or your naughty bits or, you know, your ugly bits. It was something really negative in connotation. Mm-hmm. And... I think, in essence, taking uh, the, the ban on public nudity isn't itself a, a step backwards. It's how you deal with the actual aspect of nudity and the language involved. It's a very complex subject. You can't just say oh, that. Look, yeah, I'm not saying that. All right, cool. Well, I, what I'm seeing is trying to get a thought process together is, are we taking a step back by trying to shame people back into clothing when previously they've had a, an environment where they didn't have to? Do you get what I'm saying? I don't think that public nudity it could be considered a mainstream concept. Okay. As a general rule. I don't know many many cultures around the world nowadays that are first world that have public nudity as acceptable behaviour. I say that because having been to San Francisco and having talked to some of the people who quite often go out on the street nude... It, it was an interesting conversation. So if you'd like to contribute more on that thought, you're more than welcome to join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the cubby house, where you can also answer our question of, of the week. And we're also on Twitter at the cubby house with a hashtag CH project. And if you want to know what the question is, if you've only just joined us, if they don't call it lunacy for nothing, how does the full moon affect you? <laughs> You're in the Cubby House on Joy 94.9 for a few more minutes. And if you weren't in the studio, you would just miss Nick doing the whole (laughs) display model (laughs) twirly with the hands. And here in door number three, et cetera, et cetera. Now, tonight on the show, we have been asking you the question. They don't call it lunacy for nothing. How does the full moon affect you? And thank you very much to the few people who've uh, sent in answers. Dina Curie has said, I get more crazy than usual and tense. Mm-hmm. I shudder to think. Um, and Rusty also says, being from south of the USA, when there is a full moon, nearly everyone gets crazy. Might be the extra light source during supposed rest period. And folks get their biorhythm for sleep all mixed up. But I hate full moons. 
Oh, poor Rusty. And Michael says he gets cabin fever and has an overabundance of energy. Admittedly, I have to admit, I'm kind of similar to Michael sometimes, where I either get really hyped up or really low. I I, I, kind of go in extremes. I tend to have a... a a three-day cycle in inverted commas where, um, and it happens in a random order, one of the, uh, either the night before, the night of, and the night after, I'll get depressed for one night, then I'll be manic climbing the walls using basically nothing but my lips for a night, and then I have a night where I'm just incredibly depressed and just sit I'm sure a lot of people are lost in the visual of you climbing the wall with your lips. (laughs) 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 Right. Um, I I am also affected by the moon for the night before, the night of, and the night after the full moon. And I get really itchy, like I've got ants under my skin. I get all this extra bursts of weird energy. So So, I'm not going to ask you our usual follow-up question for tonight. Instead, I'm going to give you a completely new one. Nick, I want you to think of a phallic object that could be misconstrued for being non-phallic. Can you come up with one? A phallic object that could be misconstrued for non-phallic? Well, basically something that's not obviously phallic or used oh, for phallic reasons. Right. But could, could be a phallic object of use for other means. And no, we're not including food in this one. Uh, an electric toothbrush handle? Pop no, I'm pretty sure up. that has been used. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something to ponder for the rest of this week here in the Cubby House. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week for another show. Bus, stay tuned for Joy. On Joy. With Joy. <laughs> <laughs> for the next hour, we have Christian and the Vixen Hour coming up for your sexual pleasure. And... Join Kevin and I next week for who knows what. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.